the lumber town of Otari, with its storied past and a fair share of sinister secrets, has been fairly quiet in recent decades. Over the 400 years since its inception, the surrounding area has been the launching pad for many famous adventurers, and as a result, most of the ancient ruins have been fully explored, much of their mysteries already solved. But when the mysterious gauntlet, an eerie landlocked lighthouse, begins to glow with a baleful light, the people of Otari suspect it's an ominous prelude to sinister events. The call goes out for a new band of heroes to save the day. Those heroes are... Mukta. One's path in life may shift like the sands. You have to adapt or be buried. Halarmony Higgins. Can I play something for you? New Lara. Hey, I know that it's scary, but you have to get up. Okay? Take my hand. Very good. Let's go. Clovis. Nature is not to be put in order. Nature is order. It is for us to put ourselves in unison with this order. The time has come to enter the Abomination Vaults, Ruins of Gauntlet. The sun rises on another beautiful morning in Otari. For a brief moment after sunrise, the traditional smell of cut wood is replaced with the bitter smell of coffee. As across the town, everyone gets ready for a hard days of work with a cup of their favorite beverage. We get a sweeping view of the town as our camera flies overhead. A zoom into Blades for Glades shows a passed out Carmen Rajani slumbering on his workshop floor, curled around a tiny yet empty keg. As he shifts his weight, we can see another figure mysteriously sitting in the background watching over him. The white osprey tattoo shows he works for Yinyas Mera, apparently sent to keep an eye on things. The camera pans out the window, across towards Rin's shop. We can see Rin furiously scribbling notes as she pours over the journal left in her care. Yawning, she sips from her tea before waking Elanir and handing him the papers. The camera flies back over the main part of town where merchants are setting up their spots in the market. Here, bright and early, we can see the grizzled face of Kalino cleaning off the debris that collected onto the shrine to his dearly departed wife. And finally, we push in through the topmost window of the Rowdy Rockfish, where we see Brelda Vankervale clutching a small portrait of her son, crying as she hugs it and stares out the window across the town. The camera moves in through her room and down the hall towards a couple of bedrooms where our heroes are fast asleep. They are startled awake from a small explosion downstairs. <clears throat> No doubt another of Aurelia's experiments. And as you wake and make your way downstairs for breakfast, one at a time, when whichever order you would wake up, you find a small note 
left in the tavern addressed to the keepers of the fate so players of the four of you which one of you would be the first one awake um i feel like nolara would be up early to start her morning runs just working out okay Ukta stays up late and sleeps in late so so clovis being out in the forest would probably be up pretty early also Let's. What about what about Hallis? Hallis, a sleeper. He he stays up late. Okay. In that case, how about you? I mean, it doesn't really matter. But how about we just Nulara and Clovis give me a D straight D twenty flat roll. Whoever rolls the highest is going to be the one who's up first. D twenty thirteen. Thirteen for Nulara. Oh, Clovis snatches it. So in true Elven fashion, got it. In true Elven fashion. The elves the first one up, or maybe never went to sleep. I don't know. So, as you wake up, uh, you're sitting in the tavern, uh, Clovis. You find this note, you sit down, you start reading over it, and um, you, as you're like a few sentences in, you see Nulara kind of coming down the stairs, ready for her morning run. So, this here is the note that is left to you guys, addressed from Rin. So, even though Clovis is the one reading it, I will go ahead and read it out loud so you can all hear the words. Two keepers of the fate. This Volok is a disturbing individual, vain beyond a doubt, even compared to his drow kin. But these notes confirm two things to me. Firstly, Volok has become obsessed with necromancy and construct construction after the death of Belcora. It seems the soul-bound doll with his goblin servant was only the start. Secondly, after mastering this craft, he has taken it into a very interesting direction. His workshop has the ability to transfer mortal souls into other things, not just dolls or golems or inanimate objects. No, he has found the ability to transfer souls into living things. It seems lucky that he has, so far, only managed to do it with vermin. But if his theories are right he might be able to split his soul into many pieces and place each within a different creature. Be careful down there. If he has done this, he may still be alive in some form. The stars tell of dangers ahead, I am afraid, but also of hope. There are spirits down below, those who seek to help you find your destiny. But something restrains them, torments them, Find this spirit, and they will show you the way. Look to the stars, Rin. What's so that, we kind of, yeah, we kind of zoom out from this thing, and you kind of like see like Nular looking over Clovis' shoulder as he's reading it out loud for you guys both to to see. Right. What's that? This is this is true. This is dangerous. Wait, what? And then can I read it? And then I read it. Oh no. Wait, so the worm could po- could have possibly been, like, a person? Like, their soul was in there? That worm that we That's what killed? Huh. Oh, man, the others should know about this. Should we wake cross, them up? Yeah, crossfade to the others stumbling down. Um, Aurelia's explosion started early this morning and rocked everyone awake. So, Clovis, uh, you look up and you see Mukta and Hal 
it's angry to be awake so early. Let's slide the note over, Don. You guys may want to read this from Ren. Hey, sleepy heads. Sorry, I'm a little... Uh, not quite woken up again here. Say that again, Clovis. I couldn't hear you. Uh, you, you definitely want to read this note from Ren. Uh, it'll definitely wake you up. It's, uh, this is true. It's uh, not good. Uh, sure, sure. Uh, brother, uh, coffee, please. Black, as strong as you can make it. Yeah, Brother definitely is is um, up and in the back of the tavern kind of area. And there's already, like, water brewing and boiling. And there's a huge, like, ground bag of coffee that she's got scooped out. And she's starting to make everyone coffee. I'll hold out the notes so Hal can read it as well and start reading. So uh, what does this mean for our trip or anything, Mukta? could possibly still be alive. I think it definitely increases the danger. You mean but he could perhaps have made more of those birdie things? More dolls, more birds, who knows. But uh, Put them together and you got some bird dolls. That does not sound good. No, it does not. My mother would not be happy to hear I'm going back in this place. But... I mean, we already knew that the gauntlet was dangerous, yes? We just have to make sure we're on our guard. That reminds me, we should go to that uh, drunkard's place and buy the shield for Nulara. Sure. <laughs> I've got nothing else planned before we head back off, so... It is you think, bright and early. It's about it's about 8 a.m. on fire day, which is our equivalent of Friday, so it's almost the weekend. One day away from um, the leather armor that was was uh, commissioned by Clovis. Yeah, don't forget you owe money on pickup for that. Yep. Where was Carmen passed out again? Uh, in his shop. Oh, in his shop? Yes. Can I just bang on the door, drop the gold, and then grab the shield? Yeah, so you bang, 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 right? I think um, when you go to open the door, uh, you're actually greeted by a new face, one that you've not seen before. Um, I think it's one you've recognized as somebody who hangs out in the crook's nook quite a bit. And uh, as he like kind of opens the door to look at you quizzically, you can see like passed out behind him, Harun Rajani just stinking of booze and looking terrible. Um, and this guy kind of looks you up and down and asks what you're here for. Do you work here? In a manner of speaking, I suppose I'm the new apprentice. So a babysitter. Is there something I can help you with? Yeah, here's a hundred gold. Can I get the sturdy shield, please? Uh, he lets you in. He takes the gold, um, you know, plays in the cash register, and uh, lets you pick the shield off the rack. So I noticed you were trying to buy it and it wasn't working. I got it already. You did get it, okay. Yeah, I, eventually I did, yeah. Did you buy it from the uh, trade character or from your uh, own thing? Yes, so the trade character bought it, and then from the trade character I moved it to Dolores. Yeah. Got it. Just, I saw all the thing about coming up short, coming up short, but I never saw the one where it actually successfully went through, but glad it did. Yes, my so shield now, you... now has 64 HP. Wow, 
that's right. quite an upgrade. Uh huh. That's actually pretty awesome. That's insane. You have it on your character sheet already. Mm-hmm. And what does the hardness go up? Uh, it goes up by three. So now my hardness is at eight, but eight. it doesn't get broken until the HP goes down to thirty-two. So it absorbs up to eight now instead of five, and it can take up to thirty-two. So that that is a huge upgrade for you. So congratulations on that. I'm gonna go back to the rest of the party, all excited. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, guys, thank you so much. I I'm gonna I'm gonna repay. I'm gonna pay you guys back. I'm gonna make sure none of you all die. I'm gonna be in the front. I promise. That is good enough for me, as long as you are in the front. No need to pay me back. I think we're good. uh, I agree. Just make sure we all stay alive. Yes, I think uh, your well-being, protecting our well-being, is payment enough. Don't worry. I'll I'll make sure that I'll make sure that it's worth it. All right. So you're ready to go punch some ghosts then? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You guys have any other last-minute preparations or things you guys need to buy? Don't think so. Maybe, uh, perhaps we need to think about uh, potions. Mm, yes. Potions that uh, make you feel better, Very not like the copy help. that Mukta is drinking. That makes him feel better after a long night. But uh, potions, you know, that restores the vitality of right. myself and yeah, others. Potions, potions. Uh, you can never go wrong with potions. I currently have one my uh, two miners with me. Oh, no, I mean minor healing potions. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got one still. Okay, how about you, Hal and Clovis? I have uh, one minor and one lesser. Actually, I also have one minor and one lesser, so... I have, uh, I guess this thing is a one minor. Okay. So, one of these small ones. I think mm-hmm. it'll be okay. No? I'm, I mean, like, I think depending on how long we think we're going to stay down there, mm-hmm. we could always stock up. It's at this point when the players look at the experience needed to level in the corner of their character. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think so maybe a quick we just trip? go. Yeah, just for a few minutes, come back. <laughs> I... So, where's a good place to get potions at again? What uh, shop? Uh, Rins, I believe. Rins, Rins a pretty good one. Them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Ren's a good one. I, I meant to set up a shop for Aurelia, but I forgot. So. Okay, so not only are we trying to stop the Godlight from getting all crazy, we're also trying to stop Volok from essentially breaking his soul apart and putting them into other creatures. Yeah, that's... I think so, but I think there's deeper com to that if that's true if he's still alive that's true and is able to oh. have these foul powers of necromancy what is to stop him from trying to bring back Belcora herself that's true so would it be safe to assume that even though he's dead part or parts of him are alive down there in the under the lighthouse it sounded like Rin wasn't sure if he succeeded or not but uh I think we have to find out. Outside of all this necromancy that you know he's involved in. Oh, wait. Should I get a tent in case we decide to camp? <laughs> Hal. Uh, for Hal, I mean, who needs a tent? But why would you want to put it up in, in, in the tavern? We have beds we can sleep on. I don't see why that would be well, a yeah. thing. 
Mm. You know, if you go back to Absalom, maybe you could take Carolyn out for like a nice camp under the stars and all that. Carolyn, Carolyn is in Absalom. When did yes. she go there? Where you're from, pal. <laughs> oh, hmm. I wonder how she got to Absalom. I have no idea. I think I had a dream. Uh, I just confused a lot of things. I just remember hearing Absalom a lot. Of course, it's, it's the biggest city. It's uh, down the coast. We just go that way and maybe take a boat before we camp. Or Hey, after all of this, maybe we can all take a nice vacation over there. Yeah, we can visit my parents. Maybe they have a place for us to stay in the palace or the Lord's Manor. Who knows? Anyways, we should get going. I'm sure they'd want to welcome the uh, the new mayor of Otari. Mm, Maybe. Uh, like a diplomatic mission. Right? Diplomatic immunity. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nice. That, that sounds yeah. great. Okay. We ready to yeah. go? I imagine this is all happening as you're kind of walking and talking mm-hmm. and getting ready for a thing. So this, this conversation, it's happening over in stages and we keep getting like crossfades as you move further along the journey and as you're finishing up this we're kind of looking up at the the ruins of gauntlet again um and even here bright morning very evident that there's a pale blue glow growing at the top of this thing and so my questions to you guys are where are we headed so there's a couple of things that we haven't explored but if we are running on a deadline should we just start off where we last ended yeah i think we should go to the library there was that one place uh the secret priestess place that was on the other side i mean right, maybe yeah. look in there maybe they got more books that's true in the restricted section huh mm-hmm. what was her name again i don't remember what talking about? i have to look in my book me too oh goodness <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know. Last night it felt like such a long night. It's almost been like it felt like two weeks, almost. You know. <laughs> I know. I haven't slept that long in forever. So let me ask about the lighting situation here, right? Because um, we are going oh. back down to the dark. Nulara can see. Um, I know that you guys have like light spells, like clothes can cast light. You guys, did you guys still have the two ever burning torches? From the uh, room? Mm-hmm. I have. Uh, yes, we do. Okay. So you still have Evergreen Torches, you have the light spell, and Hal has dancing lights. So how are you guys currently set up for light? I, I can have the torch up and then shield on the other hand. It's doable. Well, light. Right, like I can always put you have the to drop the torch and then. Light shield or something on a shield if you want. Oh, is that this true? Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. I feel like maybe we save the torches for uh, if one of us who can't see needs to, you know, pull it out in an emergency situation. Mm. Okay. Does it cost you anything, Clovis? No, it's just a cantrip. Okay. Okay. So, Nulara's shield begins to glow, so that's one source of light. How are you doing dancing lights? Do we want more lights? Or not so much? Can you guys see? I don't... I think, yeah, I think we don't need to be a beacon or anything, but uh, maybe one light for now. Oh. Okay. Where is everyone else? 
Yeah. So, like, slowly you guys kind of descend, right? You you make your way um, through the gauntlet to the back, to the, like, sort of, like, side separate building, back down the spiral staircase, through Volok's office with the Borbo body still floating, bobbing in the, like, tank of liquid watching you, through the secret door, down into the area which we've collectively referred to as the library, which last time you guys were here, which was, you know, just the day before, uh, you ended up having a, an encounter with a mysterious cult who referred to themselves as the Cult of the Canker. Right. You, you killed quite a bit. Uh, you killed about ten or so of the cult members and then made your way back up. So you're now returning. I don't want to say the scene of the crime, but this is kind of you guys returning to the scene of the crime. So you descend the staircase, right? Um, you come back down in the staircase. It opens into like a little hallway. At the end of your hall to your left, you see a door that you know leads to the library, the restriction section, all that beyond. You look down the hall to your right. You see where this like misty creature once inhabited, and you guys slayed it. Um, and you can see that that way kind of opens into a chamber with doors leading off to the north and the south. So which way would you guys like to go? The library? Okay. So, yeah, you move down cautiously towards the end of the hall, right? Listening. Uh, it's very quiet on this level, right? There's not a lot of, like, ambient noises in here. The air is very, like, you're kind of, like, stifled because, again, the air's gotten really, like, stiff or um, stale. And it's, like, the smell of, like, old paper, like, rotting moisture paper is just permeates this thing and yeah you're back in the library so you get to the end of the hall and the door is closed Mukta? didn't you sure, open this already that door open. I think it was open yeah last time you guys left it you left it open oh no <laughs> we definitely did not close that door um yeah I'm just like <sighs> close we move I mean hall, just push on it maybe it uh, closed because one of the Scary winds blew through these halls, and you just need to push it open. Do not push on it. Step back. Let me take a look first. I'm just going to push on it. Okay. All right. Give me a secret perception check there, Mukta. All right. As you give it a once over. Mukta's really good at this. Don't worry, guys. I believe it. Definitely not going to use our Mukta fail. Nope. Let's hope not. So. Mukta, uh, you, you take a look. You're looking around the door. The door does not appear to be trapped. The door does not appear to be locked. But as you, like, are feeling it, it's definitely, like, closed. And what you kind of come to the conclusion, based on your experience with things like this, is it's probably barricaded from the other side. Hmm. Some good news and some bad news. Which do you want first? I say yes. <laughs> seems to be barricaded. I told the good you news? It's not trapped or locked. Uh, Steve, which way does the door open? I mean, obviously it opens um, to the inside, right? It'd be, you'd push it from where you guys are. You'd push it into the library. Okay, so. Doesn't seem like uh, something that uh, Nulara can't handle, so. Uh, they know that we're coming in here. If it's barricaded, uh, I'm assuming there's some I mean, there's no... behind there. Yeah. But also, I was thinking, like, there's no sense in being quiet if they already know that we're going to come back. I can kick it. 
Pal, is you are in the back of the group, right? Like, they're up there. They're figuring out the door. You're kind of creeped all the way back here, kind of in the edge of the shadows, right? Like, the light's kind of bouncing off you. And as your back is to the group, you hear a strange sort of grumbling noise coming from the door behind you to your north. And it doesn't necessarily sound like it's just on on the other side of the door. It's coming from somewhere a little further away. But you become acutely aware that there is definitely something alive beyond that door. Is there we uh, push through that door, Terranulara, or somebody's going to be coming through this door up here because he is growling? I think he might smell Mukta. This door that I'm on right now? Nope. Uh, Well, yeah, you want to open that door, but uh, someone's going to come out in this door up here. So we need to make it lickety split. Pronto, ASAP, Rocky. Okay. Yeah. I kick it. And also, also, just to be clear, in case I told you, guys, you guys are in this long hallway, right? There's a staircase on the north end that you guys kind of descended from Volok's secret office. And then immediately across from that, kind of, there's that other staircase that heads back up. So you're kind of at the bottom of two staircases that intersect in this one hallway. Um, and then Hal's kind of back where you fought the mist thing, and he's hearing noise from that way. So, Nulara, you're kicking the door? Yeah. Nulara gives it a good, solid kind of boot to the door. The door flies open, and a large, like, basically like a pile of, like, crates and shells and bookshelves kicks over and hits the ground and makes, like, a loud clattering. And the silence is completely erupt, like interrupted by this like clattering of the barricade falling so you have no issue opening it it just makes some noise there's kind of like a a, a surprise noise from the other end almost like a like a guttural like undercommon expression that i don't know you understand nular but uh something in the darkness that you can't see uh made like a, a surprise exclamation like oh god like something is now aware that you're here either we fight one enemy or we fight both of them on like each side okay let's go, go through the door like they already know we're here so yeah yeah go ahead so like you kind of push in shield at the ready you got your weapon ready to go um you kind of look to the north and south around kind of stepping over this difficult terrain of uh boxes and stuff and uh it doesn't appear to immediately be anyone so what would you guys like to do are you guys keeping up the pace and just running somewhere what what? direction did i hear the sound from from the north from the restricted section this like purple area that i see um kind of like up yeah kind of kind of up that way but to the right like it, it was coming from the north in that direction somewhere you never had eyes on it so you're not entirely sure where it came from Okay. The temple is around the corner, and uh, the same way That's you heard true. something. So yeah, let's mm-hmm. go that way. There's uh, more books. Clovis, uh, close the door behind you. Yep. <laughs> Nulara, <laughs> Nulara's your your source of light, and she's rushing off into the distance. Sorry, I Wait. totally forgot. Yeah. No, it, it no, no, no. Like you you do want to you are hurrying. You are trying to catch them, you know, if you can. So you're rushing up, and then you know you everyone's moving their tokens at a different pace. But in reality, in reality, you know, it's not quite so uh, so staggered or whatever, right? So, yeah, you, you all are moving down this hallway. You get here, and nothing is apparent. There's, the doors are all closed, which you guys, last time you came through here, you left everything wide open. Every single door is mm-hmm. closed again. Can I, like, defend while going through these, to this area, going through this area? 
Just yeah, I mean, I assume your exploration activity in this case is defend, right? I'm gonna try for this door. Yep. <laughs> so, Nulara, like, with her boots in the door, shatters on its hinges a bit and kind of hang. This one actually opened it in towards you, so you've kicked it, and it, like, kind of breaks down because it's not super well kept. And in there, beyond, you see a whole group of, like, ghouls, one of these, like, blue-robed ones with, like, chunks of meat on its necklace, the rest of them kind of hiding behind bookshelves. And uh, the one that's kind of, like, the de facto leader kind of locks eyes with you and says... We knew you would return to join the canker. And, like, reaches his hand out, and all of them begin to, like, spring into action. So, we're going to go into battle, guys. Let's have you all roll. Level four. Level four. (laughs) So, go ahead. um, Add yourselves to the tracker. And uh, roll your initiative. Um, you guys can go ahead and position your tokens where, if wherever you want them to be. If you're not in the spot that you would like to be, then you can go ahead and adjust it. And Mukta, you are avoiding notice. Is that yes. correct? I just assume it's by default. I just, you know, I didn't want to. Yes. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to be wrong, but uh, I assumed it was correct. All right. Well, as we go into combat, Mukta from the shadows in the back is the first to react. So, Mukta, what would you like to do? Alright. I see Nulara has opened the door quickly. I see more of these ghoul creatures. I immediately put on my short bow and attack. Okay. You got that interact feat. You draw the weapon as part of the attack. Bow flies. Again, through Nulara's kind of large frame, blocking the doorway, sailing into the the creature. It's going to have a Slight status bonus from Nular. Alright. Let's see if it hits. Are we going to get a, a crit <laughs> or are we going to get a fail? One of the two. It has to be one of the two. Oh, you got this. That is a 17, which is a hit. Just exactly what you needed. Alright. Not the greatest damage. Five points of damage slams into this ghoul. All right. Second action attack. Okay. One arrow over the right side of Nular's head. The next arrow comes over the left side. A 16 almost hits. And um, I think actually it like uh, it glances off like Nular's shoulder pad and skitters out a little bit. If Nulara wasn't in the way, this would have hit, but with that status bonus, it misses. I'm sorry. It's all right. And... Uh, third action, I'm just going to uh, stride. <laughs> yep. You gotta moonwalk your way around the corner. <laughs> you got this, Nulara. I feel like this is my fault. The uh, possessive canker cultist with the, like, blue robe uh, reaches out at you again, Nulara, and again, this familiar feeling of your skin is starting to be flayed before your very eyes. Uh, I need you to make a will save. Will save. That would be a 20. That's exactly what you need, so that's a success. So you take the initial damage, but you so you are going to take the um, the initial damage. So you take um, five points.
points of psychic or like mental damage as you feel yourself being flayed and you shake it off, close your eyes, and then you open them and you've pushed off the effect and you know you realize this is just an illusionary thing, no problem. And you're not gonna take the persistent damage from this. Uh, the possessive canker cultist is not happy with that and uh, his next action is gonna be to stride kinda um, over the edge of the room this way. Okay. Alright, Clovis. Well, the first guy I see there, I will do Ray of Frost. Okay. 13 is going to be a miss. It's a tough target between Nunalar blocking the door. So. Uh. And that, but like even then, your your ice Ray of Frost goes pretty wide and just like hits the wall next to Nunalar. That was all three of your actions. I will. Go ahead and do a inspiring courage with a lingering composition. Let's do it. And uh, roll. Make that performance check. Performance. Hear that sweet, sweet song. So you guys are all gonna get uh, lingering composition at uh, not the Christmas sex, but the successful version, right? Which is the three-round version that you guys can add to your characters. And that's only one of your actions, right? That is one of my actions. I want to stride away a little, a little bit. Um, hmm. Maybe I want to go see what they're, they're doing. And then I will use the rest of that movement to go down. And I will cast a uh, shield. And that's right. my turn. The shimmering shield surrounds you. All right. Um, up next, the ghouls. So one here uh, is going to stride up right next to you, Nina, and it's going to do a jaw attack at you. Okay. You do have your shield, like, raised. That is a 16. Missing. Which is not hit, right? So it goes up, jaw strikes, uh, or, sorry, yeah, tries to bite you. You get your shield up, um, and then its third action is going to be to step away from you. Do I get an attack of opportunity? He didn't stride. He oh, he stepped that, away. Okay. So that avoids the, the attack of opportunity. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you're like focused. You're looking for like a strike of some sort. Um, and then uh, this one comes running up from behind the bookshelves, kind of using cover, leaps out and tries to bite you when you're distracted. Ah. That is a twenty-four. It's okay. Uh, Do you absorb... Locking it with my shield? My new the, shield. The new shield. Yeah. So let's see how much damage this does. Nothing. No, nothing. So he hits you, but you get the shield. Of, ugh, the shield that takes all the damage. All his jaws manage to do. He breaks a few teeth on the like metal of your sturdy shield, and you take no damage. Nice. And then his uh, third action is to step back. And then... This one here is using his stride to get next to you and is going to jaw attack. That is a 27. Hits. Does hit. Uh, not a crit, though. This one's going to be six piercing damage. Okay. And I need you to make two uh, 42 saving throws. Two? Okay. Uh, first one is a 23. Um, that is 
success. So it hits into you, and you feel this familiar feeling of the paralyzing spreading through your body, oh. and you shrug it off and push it out, and you are not affected by the paralysis of this creature. Uh, and then I need uh, another, a second fortitude saving throw. Okay, second one is... Ba, ba, ba. 16. Also a success. Awesome. So and whatever else is trying to take hold does not, and you push both of it out of your body. And why you're kind of like fighting off the paralysis, he's going to use his third action to come through and do a uh, claw attack with a penalty. Oh, That's a 24? Okay. So you're going to take the damage. I need another fortitude saving throw. Just hey. one. That'll be um, 29. Yeah. You critically succeed. You do not fall for the paralysis, and you just take five points of slashing damage. Got it. So the bite, the, everywhere that he's hitting you, you're fighting off the effects of being paralyzed by these ghouls. Um, and that's all of their actions. Awesome. Okay. Lara, it is your turn. All right. So I am going to, with my trident, hit this ghoul right in front of me. Okay. New Lara's Trident Special. Let's do it. That would be 19 a hit. 19 is a hit. Perfect. Uh, he would be taking, or they would be taking, oh, low rolls. Nine points huh. of piercing damage. Nine points of piercing damage through the school. Mm-hmm. And then... Not quite bloodied, but you, yeah. rent, you like deal quite a bit of damage. You like push into his skin, pull it out. You see, like, basically bits of exposed flesh falling out. Uh, trying again. Go for it. Actually, I'm being... Because I'm blocking everyone. So I'm going to just take a step. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wait. Hang on a second. I can't move. Sorry. There you go. Taking a step right there. And mm-hmm. then for my third action, I'm going to raise my shield again. Okay. Yeah. Very That's nice. it for my turn. All right. Top of the round. Mukta. All right. And that was uh, the inspiring courage was three rounds, right? Yes. Three? Go ahead and drag the three rounds. All right. All right. First action. So I fr- I'm trying to remember. If I'm around the corner, if I av- hide and then pop out, would that be? And so you you have to have broken line of sight in order to to hide, right? So you've you've done that last turn. You strode around the corner. So you could take the uh, the hide action. I think it's called the hide action. Is that what it's called? Yes. Um, to to make them not aware of where you are because they don't have sight on you. And then from where you are, you can make an attack. I'll kind of like let you lean around the corner and make the attack, and they'll be flat-footed. Okay. That's yeah. That's what I was trying to do. Because right now if, I. Yeah, you have to beat their perception with your stealth, of course. So let's make that stealth roll. I'm going to use a hero point on that one. Hero point! Hero, you can do it. Spend that hero point. It was a 20 for a second, I thought. It were from a 20 to a 2, so... Hero point! Hero still point. not the, still not the one though, still not the not one. one. Not the one. So. Oh, uh, okay. so close to twenty. That's fine. Okay, uh, uh, nineteen. So, it's much stealthier. 
I'm just going to pop my token out, then that's me leading around the corner. Yep. And so I can only see this one. He is flat-footed? That is, that is true. Yeah, he is flat-footed. That is All true. Right. Like, Nular back into the corner to kind of get the shield, but that pulled the light away, too. But you can definitely yes, see the one in the doorway. That's fine. I, I just want to focus on one. Anyway, yep, so. that one is definitely lit, so you can see it. So make All right. the attack. I will strike. Natural 20. Let's get some yes. crits in chat. Yes. Uh, go ahead and roll crit damage on that. Oh, I do look to. That's 20, 20 points of damage. Oh, nice. Damage. Let's yeah, go. Easily, easily wipe this thing out. And your, the arrow like, you can do it. Ah, like, like, falls up. over. Like, falls over, stumbles off to the Don't end of the darkness, gurgling, and dies. And for my third action, seeing as how I'm still around the corner, I'm going to avoid notice again. Okay. Good call. Okay. And that is my turn. Very good. So, Nerlar, you're kind of back into the corner, and then you see, like, this guy, he, like, steps out to, like, right here and makes, like, eye contact with you. And you see the cultist kind of step into your light as he begins, like, casting, um, I guess he doesn't even have to move. He's already here. You can kind of see him in the light. Uh, he begins chanting a spell, and he casts the three-action version of the harm spell. So that is um, a 30-foot circle centered on him. So it watches over you. It watches over all of his ghouls. I need to make a fortitude saving throw. This eight. Uh, so you... Oh, yeah, if you try to deal. So basic fortitude saving throw. So an 18 is a fail. Yeah, it's a fail. It's not a critical fail. So you take eight points in negative damage, Nulara. However, I must point out again, because of the, the channel divinity amulet you wear absorbs yes. five of that damage, right? So just three. So only three of the damage. But for the first time, the energy is so strong, your amulet absorbs five of it, and part of it spills out into you. And you just feel your life force being set. Oof. And all of his ghouls that are in the uh, area are healed by the wave. The healing energy washes through and heals his allies. Okay. And that's his turn. Clovis. You can hear things in there. There's definitely creatures inside there. You just don't have sight on them. Can I angle my shield so that they can see through the door? Not not with back in the okay. corner like that, no. I'll just take a ray of frost anyways. Okay, so you are targeting a creature. Yeah. You just ray of frost blindly into, like, the dark room. And, like, we can't see it, but you hear the smashing of, like, a bookshelf as, like, you destroy a section of books that collapses. Hey, but you know what? We can use... Yes, I believe uh, we can see that. uh, (laughs) It's fail. Yeah. Okay. Um, Then I'm going to raise my shield. Your turn, pal. You're up next. Okay. Seeing that uh, Clovis cannot see in the light, I am going to cast the dancing lights. And I will pop them out. Okay. Oh, there's that bastard. 
So yeah, now you just like doo, 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 just like dancing lights up here, pulsing and light up the room and light up the library, and you can see the other two now. And I want to uh, move over to see how Nilara is doing, or step on Mushi, Mush, Mushi. Okay. And then I will move back. That is my turn. Okay. The ghouls get to go next. This one here um, comes out. I think actually what it does is it it strides like down the hall, and it actually it runs and strides right past you, Nulara. This does trigger a potential opportunity attack for you. Uh, yes, please. So you go ahead and take that. That would be a 29. That's a critical hit. Crits in chat. That's a crit. The crits in chat. Don't hurt. So it it tries to dash past you and like, it's like, I'm just going for like the easier targets. It's licking its lips like it's going to chow down on Clovis, right? Because it's looking at Clovis and it's running and as it comes through, one stab is enough to take it out and you kill it. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, you only have one. You only have one reaction, mm-hmm. and the second one charges right past you as well. And this one does bear down on you, Clovis. You got. And it, it's used two actions to dash there, or sorry, two stride actions to get there. And now it is uh, doing a jaw strike on you. Uh, you do have your shield raised. So let's see. Uh, that is a twenty-one. Which I think is just enough to hit you. Hit. Okay. Can you make one fortitude save for me? So the, the the paralyze effect that digs into you, you're immune to that. And the second effect, this other mysterious second effect, your save is successful and nothing takes. All right, that's the ghouls, Nular. Okay, so um, I look at Mukta and Hal. See. Please take care of Clovis, and then I go in to where the priest is. Yep. I'm going to stride in there. Okay, that's fine. Yep. Okay, and then uh, with my trident, I'm going to... So first action. Yeah. Trident, I'm going to attack him with my trident. Okay. That'll be 19 to hit. 19 is just what you need. He barely, like, tries to get out of the way, and you just clip him. Okay, awesome. So, uh, that would be... Nice. 16 points of damage. Pretty solid. Uh Uh-huh. And then I'm going to try and... What's the action? Like, I want to, like, grab... Like, just push him down to the ground, like, shoving him. Like, I want him to be prone. So that would be the trip action. Mm-hmm. However, in order to do the trip action, you need to have a free hand or a weapon with the trip trait on it. Mm-hmm. So your trident, I don't believe, allows no. that. Um, no, and your shield, I don't think, does it. So the only way you could try would be, like, you basically drop your trident and try to, like, 
I know, like, it's, like, silly because you have legs, and why can't you trip yeah. and, like, a kick? But that's kind of a monk thing, more like, like, like a okay, martial okay. arts thing, right? And not, like, a fighter thing. So mm-hmm. you need to have a free hand in order to actually trip someone unless you have the weapon that facilitates it. So, so, so my, oh. yeah, you can't, you can't trip him, I don't believe, unless you're willing to, spe- like, drop your trident as a free action. No, sir. So for my third action, I'll just raise my shield. Okay. That's it for my turn. Very cool. Alright, Mukta. Alright. Kidding, Nulara. I'll turn towards Hal. Me and Clovis got this. Don't leave her alone in there. And I drop my short bow. And I stride. Flanking this creature, providing it flat-footed. And in one swift motion, I pull my rapier and strike. Another crit. Let's go. Is it going to be? I, I think... Miss. No. 15 is a wow. miss. Well, let's see. Actually, because it's flanked, it hits. Ooh. All right. It is flat-footed. It's AC would you would have missed with his AC, but the flat-footedness uh, brought his AC down enough. All right, eight points of damage to this ghoul. And uh, third action, I'm just going to try to strike it again. Go ahead. This is at the minus five. Oh, actually, minus four for you. Is it agile weapon? I think it is. Cool. That is a hit. Nice. Oh, 14 more points of damage. Mukta, that's enough to finish it off. Nice. So, I strike once in its abdomen, and then once through the back of his head, straight up through. And as I pull my rapier out, I turn towards Hal, and I say, go, help her. Nice. Okay. That's a pretty solid turn. Nulara, this cultist, how, like, is wondering, like, how dare you, like like come into our temple and do this and um he's just like licking his lips and, and like your Ew. flesh will go good for the canker who the hell is this canker <laughs> i'll show you <laughs> um and um with his uh who <laughs> i guess in this case he uses his action to like step Nascar. Nah, He's just you're there, and he wants your flesh. He's gonna try to bite you with this first action. Okay. That is a twenty-nine. Uh, hits. I'm gonna block it. Okay. Um, so that's gonna be fourteen points of damage. Okay. You absorb eight and take ten, right? Uh, I absorb eight and take six. Six, yeah, you're right. Six. Yeah. Math is fun. Uh, <laughs> and then, like usual, I need two fortitude saving throws. The first against the paralyzed. Okay. Fortitude. And then this, um, yep. First one is 16. 16 is a success. You are not. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, ooh, a 
16 against this guy is not a success. Okay, I'm gonna hero point that. Yep. So you feel you feel the the paralyzing effects start spreading over your body, and you dig in deep and catch in that hero point. Please do. I make don't want to be your cancerous dinner. Hero, 21 is a success. Hero. That's enough to push <laughs> it back out. Okay. The hero point pays off. You are not paralyzed. Uh, but I do save need a second, a second fortitude save. Okay. Against the mystery effect. Ooh, what is this mystery? This is how he prepares me for dinner. Twenty six. Twenty six. We will not find out because you just you avoid it. Awesome. Um. Um. With his second action, he strides. Or sorry, he steps one step back away from you, bites you, tears out some of your flesh, backs away, mm-hmm. and then you watch as he like pulls a lump of flesh off of his I... necklace as he watches you and then he's like uh, he, he's like mm, I'll just chase some of your blood with this and he like immediately shoves this chunk of flesh in his mouth and he uses the consume flesh action yeah um, and he is going to regain 1d oh 2d6 hit points um, so he gains seven hit points back from consuming this flesh. Okay. So as he consumes the flesh, you watch some of the wounds you've caused. It starts accelerating their healing. And that's his turn. Clovis. So I will move 70 feet to the door. Okay. Careful, Clovis. Well, I can turn to a bear. So I can see him. You can. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You watch him, like, so with that, chowing down on some flesh. I reach out and up into the ceiling. And I cast Sudden Bolt. Ooh. Going for the big guns. Ooh. No. You got to roll the hit, DC right? Or is, it, is, it, is it an attack? Is it a save? No, it's a DC 19. Four to 48 damage. I know. <laughs> Like you two, rolled two, all one, ones one, and a two. One, yeah. Four to forty-eight damage. You dealt five. Oh. Oh my God. Okay. Well, let's make the Are reflex save. Uh, he gets a success, so he takes half of five. So, focus. You call down the bolt, but you're not in touch with your rage. You're not remembering what you were taught back in the grove, and the tiniest little, like, static electricity spark juts out from the sky and tickles him for two points of damage. Ooh. Look back at Mushi. I'm, like, shaking my head, like, hmm. <laughs> that was your big gun, too. Oof. Big gun. Too bad. Take that thing out. Good. All right. That was a good try. How? Damn. Okay. That's unfortunate. I will... Move uh, up 25. Mm. Someone calculate the odds of four damage or five damage on four d12. That's ridiculous. Don't see them, so I move some more. Oh shoot! Oh hell! Hell! Why are you here? uh, And I have to sustain the lights. No, I don't have to sustain the lights. Um, You could let them drop if you want. Yeah, I will. uh, Yes, I'm going to let them disappear. And then I will cast uh, Suze on Nilara at first level. Is Suze... Did you do two strides to get here, or one? Oh, Suze is two actions. I can only do one. I want to... Um, 
plus 20. How much is this? Yeah, I want to get next to Navara. Okay. How is your and, health? Uh, then I will do uh, lay on hands. Put your health right now, yeah. Or one. Okay. Lay on hands. 12, 12 healing to Nulara. Oh, thank you. What does that look like? You step up and is it like a back massage or what? <laughs> no, of course not. I'm fully respectful to my companions <laughs> most of like the time. Slaps me in the back. <laughs> Tap her on the shoulder. Don't don't look. I'm just healing you. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Hal. That is my goal. Thank you. All right, and the dancing lights wink out of existence. The ghouls are all dead, so they're not in initiative anymore. Uh, new Lara. Okay. I'm rejuvenated. I crack my neck, and then I take a step forward for my first action. Okay. And then, um, inspired by Hal as well, I'm going to use two actions to make a power attack with my trident to this cultist. Go for it. Let's go. That would be 27 a hit. 27 is a hit, but not quite a crit. Awesome. It's okay. Still out of dice. Oh, no. Again, what is up? 3 one, one, one. Three. 10 points so, piercing yeah. damage. Okay, that's still respectable, but you know, not... Roll. Yeah, you don't... You like it's, it's just a flesh wound at this point. Uh, he does look bloody dude now. That's it for my turn. All right. Top of the round, Mukta. All right. Mukta yells out, hey, who turned out the lights? <laughs> and uh, I will stride 25 feet into the room. Stride another 25 feet here. Let's go. And with my rapier still out, I will strike at this cankerous cultist. Go for it. It is flat-footed, thanks to the flanking condition. Dalving calculated the chances for us, and Chatty says it's roughly like 1 in 5,184. <laughs> roll that low on the lightning damage, which is amazing. Wow. Also, hello, Draftsword in chat. Long time no see. Draftsword uh, did a 100-bit uh, cheer, so thank you for that. Oh, All right. thank you. Thank you, Draftsword. Oh, awesome. All right, here we go. Use a hero point. Can you use a hero point for uh, damage? You cannot, Let's unfortunately. Go. But that That's is a critical a crit. hit. Let's, Let's go! Put them crits in chat. Alright. Who does not fire? That's 25 yes. points of damage. Mukta, please describe to us how you Woo. would like to do this. So, suddenly finding myself in the dark, I yell out, Hey, who turned out the lights? And I stride forward, rush into the room. Nulara facing off against this horrible cultist. Not today, you fiend. And I run over and then as I'm running past, I take my rapier and I just slice off his head. Yeah. And I slide to a stop behind him. It's actually very impressive to uh, decapitate someone with a rapier, I must say. But you like, do it's it in a style. <laughs> it's a crit. It is. You do it with style. Nah. Plus, they're, you know, they're, they're already kind of rotting a bit, so... It's not too hard, yeah. yeah. And so it collapses, its head, like, sprawled. The, it still has, like, half-digested, half-chewed meat from its necklace that it was feasting on, you know, that's there. Um, and, uh, you know, we kind of fade out from that sort of, like, heightened, intense moment, and uh, you guys are successful in defeating 
the cultists. Congratulations, Ooh. you guys. So the thing I know you guys have been waiting for the most. <laughs> experience. All right. So in this case, you guys are going to receive 100 experience. Uh-oh. Which puts us over the amount we need to level. Yes. So, congratulations. We will be leveling at the end of tonight's session, so that's really cool. Nice. Secondly, like, as you kind of come in here, you have more of a chance to see. You can see, like, this sort of, like, body on the back of the room. Um, It's just chilling in the corner. Nulara, your shield makes it seem like, for a second, you think it might just be, like, another ghoul of some sort. But as you cautiously approach and and the light kind of bays over it, you can see a familiar, large eye pale skinned very skinny gaunt creature this looks like the kobolds from the earlier level the ones that you guys were able to break uh, out out of jail but like looking closer you realize there's no way this is a kobold you're not sure what it is it's pale skin it's large eyes whatever this creature is it matches the description of the creatures you saw up on the second level it's completely like chewed away you can see like bites taken out of its stomach its skin's flayed its neck split open entrails are hanging out of it just from the look of this thing it's very clearly this has turned into a buffet of some sort for these creatures al it's one of your followers i wonder if these dragon is nearby oh these poor kobolds they didn't have a chance oh they didn't Uh, do you have anything on him mukta I'm not sure. Uh, Al, do you mind them bringing the lights back up for a moment? I need to uh, go grab my short bow. <laughs> so Mukta goes to get the short bow. Um, yeah, uh, what are you guys doing in this short downtime? Because you guys are now back in the restricted section, right? There, there's rows of bookshelves running the length of the entire room. There's shelves tipped over. A lot of like older books. You guys already picked this room pretty clean for the books from early event. So you're not sure if there's any more that you guys are still looking for. But you know, looking at all of the uh, the shelves in the room and the doorways in and out, um, the double door to the north, right, is the big impressive one leading to the temple, as Borbo told you guys. It's got, like, a s- strange feminine shape rising from, like, a ghost. It's like a ghostly feminine shape rising from a graveyard carved into the large stone double doors to the north. But there's also two doors to the south. One you went through because you guys fought the cultists in there. The other one is the offices where you were told the book lady lives from Borbo. And then there's another door on the far east that you guys have not, as of yet, tried. I think we should check the other doors before we uh, go through the big one. Why should we go to the other ones? Why don't we go here? We just got here. I mean, it is, it is the probably there probably are fine books behind the fine door. That's what I think. I don't want to check these other ones. We should just go straight for the treasure. I mean, go through the big doors. <laughs> well, in my experience, uh, the bigger the treasure, the bigger the uh, opposition to get to it. So we might find the great treasure there. We might also find this canker. That Remember yesterday when we went into this place and we went all over the places and everybody was, like, worn out and we had to go back into the town? I mean... I say we go through this one first and not worry about that. But if we take care of that, then we got more time to these little ones. It's not so much. 
or we just go back to town for the rest of the day after this one fight. <laughs> the door slams and locks. Belcora. <laughs> I mean, I'm. If that's what the group wants to do, then I'm all right with that too. But uh, I think we should be. The, you and Clovis usually need to take some time after a fight uh, to regain your magical energies. Yes. I need to play some music for about uh, the next. Oh, I don't know. Seven, eight minutes? I should be fine. Nilara, how are you feeling? I think uh, she's staring off into uh, into space as her teeth start to float a little. I don't know. I, when I... She went kind of stiff. She's so hurt. She's speechless, you guys. I think we need to take a minute. <laughs> I agree. I'm trying to get my bearings back a little bit. That... Cultist literally ate a piece of what I'm assuming is this kobold's flesh. But um, sorry, by I missed a lot of the conversation. I wasn't here. I dissociated. I'm sorry. That is okay. Agree with me, and I will hear you one one more time. Sure. Uh, I'll just uh, Clovis will come over and give her two good berries. Oh, I love uh, these. Very nice. With you, Helen. You're fitting into the role of mayor quite well. So, yeah, so you hand two good berries out. You can heal 13 hit points, um, feel better. And then is this going to be transitioning into Hal and Clovis doing uh, refocusing activity to get their... Um, yes. Get their... Would we like to focus points back? Yeah, so we'll we'll go ahead and spend like the next ten minutes or so. Al's diddling with his like banjo or what do you call it, a virtuoso instrument of some sort. Banjo? How dare you? <laughs> banjo. And like Clovis is here trying to get into touch with what little like natural kind of spirits are in the air to get his uh, refocusing back. And so you guys can go ahead and spend the next 10 minutes refocusing and getting a focus point back. And then for uh, like Lara and Mukta, that gives you guys 10 minutes of time to do whatever you want. What would you guys like to do for 10 minutes or just stand watch or what? Is there any more of Morley Bent's books that I can grab? You want to take a look? Yes, please. All right. Make a perception check for me. Okay. You guys have cleaned this out pretty good, oh. but you're able to spend. You you know you guys got a couple of bulk from here at least, but there's always there's always a potential. There's more. It's a really big room. <laughs> <laughs> you give this. You spend the whole ten minutes looking for any book whatsoever that could possibly like. <laughs> you're uh, you're convinced 100 percent that there's no other books in this room. That, Does this uh, look like a book for Morley Big Mukta? <laughs> It has pictures on it. I just can't understand what's in. Uh, I think that's uh, how to raise your baby ghoul. That's oh. what it says under common. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the restricted section, which does have a lot of interesting books on necromancy and things like that. <gasps> Nothing seems. It all seems too dark for Morley Bent, and none of the, none of the topics he's interested. Um, so, so your can... baby ghoul is teething. Uh, I don't <laughs> think Morley Bent is interested in that book. Mm. Uh, did you want to look for books too, or did you want to do anything else, Mukta? Uh, I actually would like to go to the other, all the doors that we have not gone through yet. So the office, the one to the east, and the big doors. And I just want to kind of press my ear, ear against each to see what uh, I can hear. 
Sure. First. Just give me just give me one perception check. Kind of roll what you hear into it. All right. Kind of going around from each door to the bottom. Oh. You put you go around each door one by one. You kind of put your door ear to it. Listen. Every single door is like dead quiet. You strain as hard as you can to see if there's anything. But like every door, like this one down here, this one over here, the one oops, the one I just opened accidentally, <laughs> this one over here on the east, and the even the double doors to the north, they are all dead silent. Maybe, just maybe, you successfully defeated the last of the cultists. I think we're in the clear. Can't hear anything. And then I'll just go kind of go and look over this uh, dead cobalt. Yeah. So you're like kind of going over the body. And around this time that like we're kind of ending with the refocusing. So we come back to, we come back in, right? The heroes are uh, currently refocusing, focused inward. Nulara is like looking for books and unable to find any that matches what Morley wants. Uh, Mukta is listening intently at every single door from door to door, just to make sure that there's no danger coming. Um, and like uh, Mukta gets up towards like the, the door, the double doors last and he's listening and uh, breathes a sigh of relief as he kind of turns around and starts walking back towards Nulara and just being like, nope, looks like it's all good, right? And the camera kind of pans over from them and we see like down on the south have both successfully refocused and got to hear a focus point back, sorry. So I think that leads Clovis back up to full. I think you're one down, is that right? For how, if I remember how your hero points or your focus points work. Two but points. Is either full or one down. Don't know. I was looking at lay on hands. I think that is. Yeah, because lay on hands was a, a hero point, and then lingering composition was also a focus point, right? I say I said hero points so many times. Focus points. So I think you cash out two, and you can refocus one. That means you get a hero point there, Rick. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. We need we need a, a reward it's just done. to donate focus points to the players instead of hero points. So in that moment, you guys refocus. You get your focus point back. You're kind of gathering your stuff. Turn your attention. Mook just turning around from the door like, guys, I think everything's okay. Like, how would Mook just say that? All clear. We're good. There's absolutely nothing on any on the other side of any of these doors. And, like, over his shoulder, you see the door, the giant double doors, like, as he's talking close to the camera. And right behind the doors, one of the double doors open. And you see someone standing there. So, are you sure about that? So, right over the the corner, you see, yeah. So, uh, you see what is standing there. It's it's a more feminine shape than you used to. A little taller, um, very thin, wispy hair. It's this woman, the one presumably that Borbo told you about, who is standing there, robes from head to toe, long flowing behind her. She's holding this, like, large staff full of, like, bones collected at the end. It has skulls mounted to it. She has the necklace with the flesh as usual. And uh, she sticks her head out the door and is, like, glowering at the group from the doorway as she kind of says... She, like, kind of looks and sees all the dead bodies and she says, Hmm... So you are the ones who have caused all the commotion. Are you the canker? Literally, like, reels back like she's offended or confused and just like, am am I the canker? Child, do you not know what the canker is? Has nobody taken the time to truly explain it to you? I asked the guy earlier. (laughs) I, I do apologize, uh, my 
subordinates are very useful in some things and very pointless in others. Uh, please allow me to uh, explain. Come, come, and then she like, like motions for you to come with her, and she opens the other double door, and you can see like a large chamber behind her, and she kind of motions you guys to come with her. I have my shield up. Uh huh. A hundred percent certain. There's nothing beyond these doors. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, I'll just look from the doorway. <laughs> so you, you from the doorway. Uh, you can see, you're probably the only one that can see, and, you know, she kind of glides back. Uh, the light kind of goes far enough in that I think everyone else, it doesn't quite reach the end of the room. But what you see is um, several display cases kind of in the front of the room. I think most people can see this. On the far north end of the room, there is a large, hideous, towering figure of a woman. Like, I'm talking, like, probably, like, 12 feet tall. Huge like a statue, an effigy of some sort, and as your eyes try to focus, Nulara, you can see through the darkness, the statue is covered in patchwork. Like, parts of skin flayed and stitched together as if to cover the statue. Just hundreds of smaller pieces of flesh constantly sewn in this large patchwork this creature of some sort. And, uh, even from the doorway, you can smell the stench of the rotting flesh, and it's kind of a lot. Naza Karin mm-hmm. looks at you and like motions back at the statue that you can see. She 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 recognizes like I'm not sure if you can see properly, or especially mm-hmm. maybe not your friends. Maybe just bathe it in light so they can see a little easier. And she takes a few more steps closer. What is that awful smell? The cobalt, probably the dead ones. And then I yell out, you know, I know of one who finds all of this offensive. Then I just take one step into the door. (laughs) And just now when you take that one step, now you can kind of see at the end of the room, guys, the bit of the light kind of just going over the edge and showing you this statue. And uh, so as she points at this, she smiles and she says, this, this is the canker. It's not very impressive turns narrowed eyes as she kind of like looks you up and down she says well you've dispatched all of my allies so surely you are capable surely your flesh must be worthy how about we do this the easy way you uh you join me and together we can grow the canker a vessel a vessel for her return. A chorus? She, like, literally growls when you say that. She says, how dare you speak her name? I'm just trying to clarify a lot of things that you leave vague. to you, and, like, sharp teeth starts bared. So, like, as Nulara and this are doing that, behind, you guys are all kind of in this room watching this, looking eyes at each other, like, oh, shit, what's going to happen? What are you guys doing in this moment? There's nowhere really to... I guess I would go behind this book, start to go behind this bookcase. <laughs> yep, just slowly slipping away. Okay. Anyone else doing anything particularly of note? I'm throwing my loot, getting ready to play the battle music. <laughs> yeah, you can feel the tide kind of turning. And so I was going to say, uh, um, as, as she's looking over this and she's like narrowing at you, she's telling you, how dare you speak your name? The rest of you guys behind are kind of getting in battle position and she watches you guys. She recognizes all this. And she says, if you will not join the canker willingly, 
then I will take your flesh. And she, like, amplifies those words as she, like, you feel the intensity of her words wash over you as we're now definitely rolling initiative. And in this case, she is rolling her intimidation as her initiative check. Ooh. <laughs> she, she rolled a three, so it's not great. Still plus 14. Damn. Is this bookcase enough for uh, me to kind of hide behind? Yes, so it's definitely enough. It, it's kind of sparse because there's books. Oh. That, I hear a natural 20. Woo! There is, like, books and sparse so you can kind of look through a little bit, but it is enough to kind of break cover and give you some 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 leeway. You can uh, see... I, they're low enough. To, I mean, they're basically... I put them so you can see through the bookshelves, but you can't move through the bookshelves. So I imagine you can see through, like, pockets here and there, but it is absolutely a good sort of hiding spot for you. Okay. As she roars to life, surprised to no one uh, that, that there's a battle commencing... Uh, her intimidation was not enough. The only person that really got like caught off guard here is Clovis. So, Nulara, what would you like to do? Up until this point, uh, Nulara never really thought much about the reason why Phorasma brought her back. But seeing the towering statue of the canker filled with a bunch of decaying skin. This actually gets her a little bit upset, so she's going to take a step with her trident in hand, look at her, and then kind of just like, <laughs> I don't know how you explain it, but try to intimidate her back or just raise an eyebrow because she failed her intimidation. Uh-huh. And then with a power attack, hit her with my trident. Go for it. If you die, please tell Phorasma that I sent you. 21. 21 is exactly what you need to hit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, it's that a power a attack. And it's a power attack. Go for it. Also, big news. That guy just pushes <laughs> over the goal line. We have now hit the 10K for the one sh- Battle Royale one-shot. So thank you, community. Go. You're awesome. Thank you, that guy. Yeah, more information away, coming. That guy. Hey, but, hey. Happy birthday, that guy. That is true. It is that guy's birthday today. So 21, birthday. 21 points of damage as you tear into Nakazarin. Very awesome. That's the end of my turn. All right, Hal. Okay, uh, we'll go ahead and use our lingering composition with Inspire Courage. Let's do it. Make that performance check. That's a success. Why? I think it's like one off a crit. It is. Okay, very good. So I want to get through three rounds. And uh, for my, I want to take two actions and cast this spell. Okay. I want to use uh, electric arc on this lady. Go for it. This is a DC 19 reflex. Knock us in. <laughs> Nakazaren gets a natural 20 for a total of 32, and I think that means it's a basic save, right? Yeah, so she takes zero damage. The lightning rips past her into the, the room behind. Unfortunately, it does not hit. That's not very I don't nice. want to see any crits in chat. <laughs> I know, I was going to ask, crits. like... <laughs> crits in chat for the DM. <laughs> 
for you, Steve. Okay. <laughs> Mukta. All right. There's my crit. Thank you. <laughs> see her through the bookshelf or no? Um, you can see her through the bookshelf. Uh, I mean, you're hidden, right? But, like, yeah. there is bits so you can peek through and have eyesight on her, yeah. If you try to shoot through the bookshelf, she's gonna have extra cover. Alright. Um, I will, uh, stride then. Okay. Let's go here. Okay. Alright. And then I will fire. you had she wasn't flat-footed right she is because uh I oh you before acted her before her yes you are right thank you nice. for that correction so she takes eight points of damage from your era and then uh my third action i will step okay yeah now you're in position to like hide and peek around the corner okay and that's my turn Nakazarin, uh, she's, you guys, your initial ambush has, like, done quite a bit of damage to her, and she finds herself sort of, like, overwhelmed. I think, uh, the first thing she does is chant a little words under her breath, and you watch as, from the top of her head to the bottom, a shimmering sort of blue glow covers her, and she casts shield for one action. It is it is a verbal only, so it doesn't trigger any sort of uh, opportunity attack because there's no somatic or material components. Okay. Secondly, she lashes out with one of her. Or she lashes out. She's got the the sort of staff, and she uses it to sort of like hit and uh, comes in with a bite attack on you. Uh, Steve. I do see that in chat, so we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> yeah. All right. So her, oh my God, she rolled a two. I <laughs> just her with my. Uh... <laughs> right. So Dalvin's Dalvin's calling it out correct in chat because she was flat-footed, and you rolled a twenty-nine to hit. That takes it to thirty-one. The question is, am I a good? Am I merciful or not? Because technically, your attack went through Nulara, and she would have a plus one status bonus, and it should be just enough to not cause it a crit. I think Drowsword can. Uh, Tell me if I'm wrong on that one, because technically he has a plus, she had plus one status bonus for shooting through an ally. I, so, I agree with that. I can agree with that. So, uh, I think it's not quite enough for a crit. All right. Uh, and then for her third action, she is going to, she's so, like, this is so sad. Like, everything she does just doesn't work, right? It's like, <laughs> Jesus. It's because um, she failed her sales pitch. Yeah. yeah. I think she then uh, just she she turns back and she looks at the canker and she just goes for it. She just makes a break for the statue using her stride. So that does trigger an opportunity attack for you. Ah uh, yes, please. So that will be uh, twenty-five to hit. Twenty-five will hit. Okay, and she will take. Ba -ba -ba. Oh wait, sorry. Uh, I'll reroll that. What was wrong with that roll? It had power attack on it. Oh, that 
Yeah, power yeah, attack yeah. was toggled. Let's get rid of that and reroll it. Yeah, so 12 right. points of piercing damage. 12 points of piercing damage. Okay, still respectable. And so she runs back and she kind of sets herself at the base of the statue and is like looking, and like puts her back to the statue and is holding up her staff looking at you guys. Uh, but that is her turn. Clovis. Clovis is going to move up. I think. There we go. Oh, hey, Clovis. If I'm, is she within 30 feet? Because I need to move up another square. She's 35 feet right there. I am going to <clears throat> vomit a swarm of bugs at her. And the range on that was 30 feet? Feet calm. Okay. This is what it is. I think it might, I think you might need one more square, but we'll see. Yeah, so like this is the 30 foot cone that I'm placing there. So you're gonna wanna scoot up one more square. Yeah, I'll move you up one more square, that's fine. Yep, can you move me? Yep. So you scoot a little closer and you vomit. You vomit and she gets covered in bugs. So that's a basic reflex save for her. Let's see if she can get another, uh, another. It's a low score. Oh, she does! Oh, Another natural goodness. 20 crits wow. and shadows! Or Nakazarin, the boss of the Cult of the Canker. She takes no damage wow. from your vomit swarm. He's a good defender. She was born in the darkness. Your bug darkness does nothing to her. But she Although I do apologize. Us, so. <laughs> I do apologize. That was the second, like, second level spell that you spent with, like, terrible results, Clovis. But it is what it is. Oh, All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Top of the second round of combat, Nulara. Okay. Uh, two actions just to get to her, because my movement speed's only. 25. She's she had thirty foot movement. Yeah, you're a little slower, so you gotta like take two actions to yeah. get to her. Mhm. Mm and then uh, attacking her again with my trident. Okay. Make that roll. Why is she right next to the canker? Is my question. Ah, uh, I mean. Richard's guess is uh, she'll heal. She's her. gonna eat. She's gonna eat some of the. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I'm gonna go right behind her and then push her and more power further, back. like shove her off. Oh, so you're gonna like, run shove back her back? Just... Yeah. I think unfortunately this is the same trouble we have with the uh, the trip action is that you need certain weapons that'll facilitate this or an empty hand. But I will. As a merciful DM, allow you to do it with your shield. I think it makes relevant sense that your shield can yeah, be up and like, kind of like an unarmed sort of thing. Because I also have like aggressive block, so I mean, like if it kind of I can aggressively right? block. Okay, so yeah. I I think I think <laughs> technically you aren't allowed to do this action, but I will 100% let you do it. You are, you know, shield master extreme. So go for it. Okay, so and shield um, is a weapon in the staff, and it might have the shove trait. I don't know. So let's make you're gonna make I'm gonna an athletics it. check. Come on. Uh, against her. Uh, is it called shove? Fortitude, yeah. Against her uh, target's fortitude DC. Yeah. Athletics against the target's fortitude DC. So her fortitude DC is gonna be a 25. Oh boy. Yeah. Make that roll. Okay, I need. I have a plus 11, so I need a 14 higher. Come on. Drows are just gifted two subs oh, Son of a bitch. I mean, you have a hero point if you want to dig in. Let's do it. Catching that hero point, re-roll that, that shove attack. 14 get her away from that or higher. Oh, 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 o
Oh. No. Yeah. It's all right. So you try, you lean into her, and something about her has the like heaviest, like sort of strength. She, she's got a frail body, but she's got some strength to her, and she just like you like shove in here with all your might, and she goes nowhere, and she just looks at you and kind of grins. And she For knows someone with right. such wispy ass hair, you're very heavy. A hundred percent. Boom. All right. Okay, so I realized since last uh, last turn I was supposed to sustain this. Um, I will cast it again for the lights. Oh, the dancing lights? Yeah. And then move them. New Lara is glowing, but if you want to add more light to the situation, you can. Yep. Yeah, um, so take one action to do that. Um, then I will stride uh, forward. Another action, and then I will do... Hmm. Uh, I think I will move over, stride some more, and that will be my turn. Very cool. Mukta. All right, well, I don't really, can't really see anything, so this turn I will hide first. Make that stealth check against her passive perception. 25, okay. All right, and then I will do the kind of thing where I'm shooting around the corner. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. You shoot around the corner. Uh, she is flat-footed. You did beat her passive perception. All right. So Just she's flat-footed to this place. <laughs> no! Oh. 17 is going to be a miss. Uh, yeah, it's a miss, even with the flat-footed condition. I'm going to use a hero point. Let's go! Right. Cash in that hero point. Let's go. Let's go, hero you point. You can do it! Yes. Uh, that, that is a hit. All right. Oh, terrible damage. That is pretty terrible damage. Four points of damage. We're takes rolling it. low on our damages tonight. And uh, I will, third action, seeing the situation, drop my short bow. Uh-huh. And run on all fours towards to get there. Okay. So, first thing she does is... Uh, she takes her jaws and she reaches out to bite you, Nulara. Uh, was she? Yeah. So she goes to bite you, Nulara. So this is going to be a jaw strike. Hey. Oh my god. A two again. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Someone gift a reroll to the DM or the GM, please, because this is ridiculous. Uh, so she, she bites at you again. You get your shield like kind of between you. She's unable to do it. Uh, she was really banking on on this working, and it didn't. So her second, so she has no choice. So since she goes and she like looks at the statue that you tried to push her away from, and Richard in the background is going, "I knew it." She like reaches out to this like sewn flesh, and she like tears a whole like sheet of like flesh that rips off the stitches, like like a curtain rod, like pulling a shower curtain, yanks it off so it's like hanging free, and somehow in one smooth motion devours. Would that Part be considered a manipulate action? It is a manipulate action, which is that's why she was hoping to paralyze you. So, this is her consume masterpiece ability. Okay, manipulate. So, it does trigger you to hit her. Okay. Okay, isn't that a bit sacrilegious? <laughs> uh, 19 does not hit. Yeah, she has her shield up. No, her shield went away at the start of her turn, but her AC is high enough. So, she heals 12. 
so she gets 12 back from consuming the flesh, and the flesh invigorates her, gives her the quickened one condition, which means she gets one action back on this turn. So she has one action to strike, one action to eat, and she gets one action back. Like She can only use to strike or cast a spell. In this Damn. case, she has, so she has two more actions, she's going to cast a spell. So as like the you guys are all charging at her and Nulara is like kind of pinned here, she does cast uh, sound burst. So she places it here. She's got to pick a corner. So she places it here in the middle of Mukta, Clovis, and Hal. Reaches out and right in between all of you, there's a loud, deafening crack as like sonic energy explodes outward. This is also a manipulate action, but you've already spent your reaction to attack. Mm-hmm. Um, so I need Mukta, Clovis, and Hal to make fortitude saving throws. Ten damage. Ten song damage. Not bad. Clovis makes it. Mukta fails. How? Almost critically succeed. So, 10 damage. Clovis and Hal, you guys each take 5 sonic damage from the blast. And then um, Mukta, you take the 10 full damage. You are deafened for one round. While you are deafened, you cannot benefit from auditory things. You cannot benefit from Inspire Courage while you're deafened. Oh. All right. Because you cannot hear the music. The whole, like, there's, like, that loud pitch ringing in your ear. The whole world goes silent around you. You you, you lose a bit of the inspiration. feel a little bit more alone than you did before. Overall, though, I guess you guys got away with uh, decent. Because she keeps rolling twos on her attacks. That's all of her actions. Clovis. I'm going to stride up here next to her. And I am going to do hydraulic push. Okay. So that is a uh, oh, it's a attack roll. Sixteen is gonna miss. Hero point. Yeah, let's do hero point. Let's go. Hero point. Catch it in. Come on. Let's go. Come on, hero. Oh. oh my God, Clovis! Tonight is not your night. Change your dice. Petition. Yeah, first of all, <laughs> you need to change your. I think dice. Clovis woke up a little early. Secondly, yeah. petition to change it to <laughs> Clovis fail instead of Mukta fail. <laughs> uh, so uh, the attack roll misses. Yeah. Uh, I think she, you blasted at her. She puts her like staff down. It hits the edge of her staff and just like parts around her. The water like sprays all over like the cankerous statue. The like blood and like gore and the rotten meat is now mixing with the like water and dripping on Nulara's head. Ah. And and not because of rinse too. Um, all right, Nulara, it's your turn. Okay. Power attacking her with my trident. Go for it. So that she didn't get a chance. Be... She actually didn't get a chance to put her shield up. Oh, 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 oh. a natural one. Crit fails and oh, boy. I know. Uh, hydrate. All hydrate for you, dresser. So it's not around. <laughs> um, okay, third. Two actions. Yeah. Third action, I'm going to raise my shield. She's not the only one failing tonight. She's got two twos in a row, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Power attack goes wide. Maybe what happens is you go to do the strong attack. She's open. She, you go to attack, and then you get blasted by, like, a gush of water from Clovis that knocks you off kilter. It's okay. How? All right. I will uh, sustain the lights. Um, and then I will do electric arc. Um, one more time. It's cool. All right. Yeah. 
let's see. Three natural 20s in a row. She rolls natural 20s on her deck saves, or reflex saves. Let's see. Save time. She does hey. not succeed. That is a fail. She's going to take the damage. All right, nine points of lightning, or electric damage? What kind of damage? Electric damage. Electric damage, is that what they call it? Yeah. Yep, electricity damage. Okay. Like, it zaps through her. She can deflect the, like, the water and Nulara's blade, or sorry, trident, but not not Hal's uh, electric arc. That's my turn. That's your turn. Mukta, your turn. Good. Good call. I didn't crit fail. I'm not stunned. I'm scared of you. <laughs> no, yeah, you're not stunned. Oh, she is. She is scared of you. <laughs> I will uh, stride up. Well, that's here. true. You'd be stunned if you crit failed the the sound burst. Yes. Stride up here yeah. and I'll, ye- I'll yell out. Don't worry, Nolara. We've got this. Why are you yelling? <laughs> yeah. Why are you whispering? I can't hear you. What? <laughs> <laughs> nice. And uh, on. She's once again, with that same swift motion, draw my rapier out and try to strike her. I don't think the deafened ability affects you. Uh, you just take perception check. Yeah, nope, you're good. All right. Um, a 19 is just enough to hit with her flat-footed Ooh, and without her shield up. It's exactly what you needed. Oh. Wow. Still bad damage. Still bad damage. She's still standing. She's really, really hurt, guys, but she's All right. Uh, Second action. Strike again. Let's go. That's true. Go for good. Get the minus five penalty this time. Uh, Oh. Oh. Wait. A 19 19? is... That is a hit. Yes. It's a hit, right? All right. Yeah, it is. Even with the minus five, because she's flat-footed. Let's go. Yes. 11. Better. She's still up. She's so oh. like, she's so like that's, weakened, but she's still up. That's that's all my t- that's my turn. Oh man, okay. So she's tried twice to uh, to hit Nulara unsuccessfully. So I think she takes the step action to step carefully away from Nulara, because she knows for sure that Nulara's got battle capabilities. And she rounds on you, Mukta. And you she wa- you watch as, like, her claw attack comes in, and there's a flashback in your mind to, like, a week before. And there's... There, you're up on the surface, and there's this weird, creepy doll named Mr. Beak that's reaching out with a infused touch to, like, steal your necrotic energy. And this thing almost killed you last time. And there's like a superimposed image of Mr. Beak and Nakazarin as her hand is glowing, and she's doing the same move on you. She's using Vampiric Touch on Mukta. Okay. I need you to make a fortitude saving throw. All right. Uh, a rolling stone gathers no Oof. moss. Let's That's go. a success. Ugh. You take half damage. That is that is much Good better. With all the terrible damage rolls. Okay, 11 damage. You take half, so you take five necrotic energy. All right. And she gets five temporary hit points. This is pretty much like the Pathfinder equivalent of a, of a slap fight. <laughs> a little bit. I know. Um, it's like, man, that was, an, that was a really clutch save there. I mean, terrible damage roll on her part, but really clutch save. But that's all of her turn. That's all three actions. Clovis. Let's go. 
Someone please kill her, please. Her breath is terrible. I am going to turn into a bear. So Clovis, uh, Clovis you stride, you, you strode too, right? Yeah. So stride and then, um, yep, you move next to her and then you shape shift into a bear. Um, okay, that's your turn. So Clovis, uh, you watches the like thin elven form turns into a slightly buffer bear form. Very cool, very nice. Um, Lara, it's your turn. So I'm going to move... God, you didn't use shield again. That was probably dumb on my part. <laughs> uh, uh, first action, striding. Uh, yep. Right, yeah. And then I am going to another power attack with my trident. Go for She's it. She's flat-footed, flat-footed. Yeah. Yep. She is flat-footed. Come on. 27. Oh, nice. I'm too short. 27, 19. It's not a crit. You're right. Yeah. But it oh. is. It is a hit. And it's a power attack, so that would be okay. Seems 15. like you're. Either way, uh, 15 points of damage. Yes, sir. And that is the end of my turn. Okay. Uh, yeah, she's still up. How? Okay. Um. I think I will let the lights drop since they are surrounding her. Uh huh. And Nulara has the shield, so I don't yeah, want to sustain. I... Okay. Now, were you saying that is an action to make them go, make them go away? Is that correct? No, no, no. So, like your spell, um, if you don't sustain them, they go away on their own. That's different than effects that you can end as an action. And then I will say, um, hmm, let uh, inspire some more courage. For everybody, because that's what I do. Come on, go for it. You guys got it. Just beat it. I'm gonna yell that look. Just beat it. He said to just beat it. <laughs> uh, 18 is exactly the minimum you need for a success. So what? that is one beat round. Beat it. <laughs> no, three rounds. You're definitely lasted one round, Mook. Well, so starts hitting his chest, <laughs> but it's still hard. It's still like just barely coming through with the yeah. high pitch. Kind of noise in your ear, right? <laughs> and then I will cast Electric Arc. Okay. Two. Come on, another natural twenty. No, another two. Yes. Uh, twenty-two. It's success, but not a critical success. So that's seven plus one more because you're inspired courage, right? Uh, if it isn't in there already, that is correct. Hey, rounds on this the inspired courage. It should be three rounds. Three yeah. rounds. Yeah, the, spe- the spells don't add the damage yet. Okay. All right. Hal, describe how you end Nakazuri, the leader of the cult of the Kanker. So when I say just beat it, then I say, with, I take my loot out and I start playing. Do, 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 And then I shock him with some lightning. <laughs> yes. Twitch, don't copyright strike us. That was performance. Thank you. <laughs> and, and in that moment, right, Nakazaren is like, and drops, dies at your feet, lying there, slightly charred skin. Her poor flesh will never rejoin the canker. And I mean, we can put her up there if we want. You, you absolutely could put her up there. And as 
she does, she falls down. The staff at her, like, hand, she hits the ground, it clatters out, tumbles at your feet, Mukta, because uh, she was just trying to, like, touch you right before she died. You look around, and the silence is taken back over, and the cult is no more. Or at least the head of the cult has been severed, guys. You've done it. How is now everybody let's, feeling? Let's, uh, that's a word experience. Um, she alone is worth 80 experience. Ooh. She was a level a creature level 5, so that's 80 experience for you guys. Not bad. Should be at the 955? Yeah. My, okay, so like 155 over. And so, yeah, so as, like, you know, the dancing lights zip out, how you do your uh, routine detect magic, there's definitely magic in this room. Okay, uh, there's magic. I'm going to take that stuff, sir, uh, Clovis, and walk to the other side of the room so I can tell you if that is magic or no. And as he drifts out of the, like, distance, like, yeah, the magic, the magic feeling that you get goes away. So the staff is definitely magical. Okay, that is, uh, staff is for you. I think it is definitely magic. You want me to take a look at it and determine if it is magic or no? You can make an arcana, occultism, some sort of either arcana, nature, occultism, or religion check. How? I'd say uh, occultism is what I'm good at. Yep. That's your forte. Then make that roll. But not so much today. Uh, not so much today. It is magic, but I don't else? know what it does. If anyone else wants to take a look at it to figure out what it does in the moment, otherwise we'll have to go back to town and see. I'd actually like to take a look at this canker statue. Yeah, absolutely. So you're not worried about this, the staff so much. No. Yeah, so looking at this giant thing, it's, it's got to be at least 15 foot. It's still dripping water a little bit from like the, the hydraulic press that, that uh, Clovis did, and the stink is definitely emanating from this flesh. But I would say, looking at it, they have gotten approximately 75% of the statue covered in bits of flesh. And you look closer, and it's patchwork of all kinds of different colors, sizes, shapes. Some are very clearly like animal skin. Others, like a large majority of this looks to be like a cobalt skin or the creatures that you assume are kobolds, that pale kind of white skin. And other bits of flesh just seem to be very much like pale, purplish, drow color, and a big mismatch of different skins, all consuming this large, 15-foot-tall, feminine shape. Uh, would you? Would I recognize the shape as similar to how... Wait, I haven't seen Balcora because her face was scratched in that painting, no? Her face was scratched mm. in the painting, or was it? Uh, you've you've oh, seen. Oh wait, no, it's Volok. It's Volok's face. Volok's so. face was the one scratched. You have seen some renditions of like a feminine shape. There, the the kobolds had a little shrine with like the uh, kind of oh, like mud a, shrine. Like yeah, it was like a little mud shrine kind of thing set up, yeah. and it had like this feminine kind of like figure as well. I think you know you look at it. It very much could be a rendition of a corpora. I looked to the rest of the party. Um, recently, I've been getting really into more of my, I don't know, the higher powers that be. And this is very offensive to Phrasma. Um, if you guys don't mind taking a moment, I would love to burn this. I will, I will help you if you don't mind. Oh, of course. I was going to suggest the same thing, actually. Why don't we, why don't we put uh, our friend here 
she, I mean, she wanted to be part of this thing so much. I think we should oblige her. Why don't we put her against it and burn it all together? Don't forget to check but her before pockets. That, before, yeah, before, <laughs> before we do that, before we check her pockets. Her pockets. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't look to have a lot in terms of valuables. Um, the they don't live. They they don't have a lot of like treasure and trinkets and stuff. So the only thing she had of value on her was the staff. Speaking of which, who wants who wants the staff? Whose character sheet should I add it to? Either Clovis or Hal. I assume. I don't think. I don't. I think it takes two hands. I don't have two hands I'll to do, use. I was, yeah. Probably Clovis. I'll take it. I'll hand it to Clovis for now. Clovis, I'll go ahead and take it then. If it's magic, uh, we just don't know what it is yet, right? Until we yeah. go to town. Yeah, I mean you can take you can take a chance to look at it. You haven't actually tried to look at it yet, Clovis. So you can make a, you know, religion, arcana, occultism, or um, what was the last one? Uh, either arcana, nature, occultism, or religion check to identify the magical behind this. And so yeah, so you you start looking at the statue in terms of like how are you gonna like burn it, right? Because it's it's literally looks to be mostly made out of pure stone. Yeah, Clovis, you have no idea what it does. And the flesh oh, is like stitched just, on. The flesh is like rotten and dried out, and you think that with enough like tinder and enough like time to give it proper burning, you might be able to burn the flesh off. But the stone below looks like it's going to be harder to burn. Um, and you do notice that like parts of the the statue that are not even covered yet, they're kind of reinforced, and it looks like they've taken bits of bone and kind of made like a bone mosaic layer over the stone. So like the stone becomes like the skeleton, and then the bone flesh kind of wraps around it, and then the flesh layers another layer on top of that. So you might be able to burn this, but it does not look like an easy task. It would take some time, and it would probably leave the the like some the stone beneath standing. But I think we at least want to get the flesh off of it. <laughs> There's also very terrible ventilation down here, so if you were to start a fire, it very quickly like smoke you guys out as we leave. Yeah, no, as you leave for sure, one hundred percent. And then Mukta is going to also uh, check these display cases. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, the display cases look... Let me just double check. I don't think there's anything... Um, you can turn it back to a bear and eat all of it. <laughs> um, the bear is very did, hungry. Clovis, what did I say? Don't eat anything. That's right. Could have eaten the wispy-haired lady, Clovis. Yeah, so it looks like long ago these display cases probably held some important ritualistic artifacts to this group. Presumably they were not always the cult of the canker. And there's evidence in this room that this sort of temple might have been dedicated to something else. And over time anything relating to the old purpose of this room has been shattered, destroyed, repurposed into this idea of building the canker. So like the only thing you really find in these display cases are bits of like prepared uh, sheets of flesh that are ready to be sewn on. But they look like they're kind of smaller, like, leftover bits that maybe weren't the premium sort of flesh, which is why it was never added. Nothing valuable. But why don't you give me a, um, a secret perception check as you search around? All right. You guys are really good at this. Uh, no, no. You find uh, absolutely nothing else in this room that seems of interest to you. Was it, was it the one? It was another one, yeah. Oh, Mookta, no. Mookta fails in chat. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> nice. 
So, like, it looks like Nulara is getting set to, like, somehow burn this thing. Mukta's kind of searching around for anything valuable in the room. Clovis and Hal, what does that leave you guys doing? I want to look around for some more books or something else in this place. Maybe they have a super secret book somewhere. Yeah, if you want to give, if you want to search this room for anything secret as well, then you can go ahead and give me a perception check. Uh, don't roll a natural one like Mukta. <laughs> no, I mean, just like Mukta, it comes up empty. Like, whatever valuables were in this room have long been picked clean and moved elsewhere, or, you know. I would like to use a hero point. Yes! yes. To use a hero point. Uh, okay. 21. Pretty good. You give the room a nice once-over, digging down, looking for any sort of secret trap compartments, bases of the statue, anything. You come up empty-handed. There's definitely nothing here. That is about all I can do. Did some dispel, some magic, detect magic. What can you see, Clovis? You're going around with the detect magic, trying to like pick up any sort of like magical effects, and you don't come up with anything. I will do my focus... Um, oh, so you're going to get a focus point back. Absolutely, go ahead. So, Nulara then. Back to Nulara. How are you looking at the statue and trying to figure out how to deal with this abomination? I'm going to look around and look for, like, the driest patch of flesh I could see. Mm-hmm. And then use that as it looks. It looks driest point. on the top. It looks like they started on the top and built down, so the oldest, driest flesh is to the top of this thing so if you were to like sort of climb up it and kind of mount it you'd be able to get closer to the drier flesh uh, uh, so to knock the statue over can you knock the statue over and then light it I can try I want to disrespect this statue as much as the, as it's disrespecting for asthma so can I try and pull sure. it down yeah, you, you it's kind of like put up against a wall, so I think your best bet is probably to kind of like put push your it. back against the wall and put your legs against it and just push as hard as you can, you know? Yeah. And Use so, my hamstrings. Sure. And then, um, Clovis, you're watching Nular. Are you helping her? Yes. Okay. So the statue is really big. So this is going to be a pretty monumental task for the two of you to accomplish, but let's see what happens. So, Clovis... Give me an athletics check as you attempt to aid Nulara. I always, uh, we got I'm not this. very athletic. <laughs> okay, Nulara. She's like, ah. <laughs> Nulara, you are taking a minus two penalty to your <laughs> action from Clovis's help. So make an athletics check. Athletics. Uh, let's see. Come on. Clovis is actually pushing me the other way. <laughs> yeah, like 22. So tw- 22 minus 2, so 20. 20. Uh, with a 20, you, you get up there, you push it. You feel it gives. This is not an impossible task by any mean. But, like, you give it all you can, and digging to the depth of your, like, ability, uh, the thing, like, lifts about, like, an inch off the ground mm-hmm. before your energy gives out and you have to, like, give up, and you kind of slump to the ground exhausted. You were unsuccessful in tipping it over. And I, I would say you guys gave it a good 10, 15 minutes of time just to do this unsuccessfully. And now we're kind of in the next sort of round of exploration phase where everyone can potentially pitch in and do it as a group or how you guys want to do it. But Nilara, you're unable you're to... pushing it in? Hang on a second. Do you want to push it over or do you want to just uh, 
light it on fire, or are you going to push it over and light it on fire? I would like, if it's okay, I'd love to push it over. I really want to. Because the, uh, the oldest skin is on top, so it will burn better from the top. So if we can push it over, we'll probably burn better. Uh, I go to close the doors while this is happening, just so we don't yep. get the... <laughs> Perhaps you could become a bear again and uh, like lean on it a little bit and knock it over? Oh, might be better. I tried before and I strained so hard I sharded myself. I saw that. You were on one side pushing against it, and Nulara was on the other side pushing against it. Also, I was wrong. A critical failure is only a minus one, a minus two. So. Oh, so it tipped over. No, it still didn't tip over. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe we can, like, stay next to each other, Clovis. I don't think you pulling and me pushing helps. All right. can do it again. Maybe Mugla can help. He's much stronger. Good luck, friend. Okay. So, oh, guide dog. You want to help her? You want to help her, Muta? Ah, I mean, I'm probably just as strong as you are, to be honest. I'm okay. Then I I use more finesse than um, brute force. My rolls have got to eventually get better. Come on. I don't know, but let's yeah, yeah. Let's tempt fate. You got this. Yeah! Better than a four. Yeah, this is not. So I think, again, Clovis is not helping. He's hurting you, Nulara. (laughs) So you're going to take a minus one penalty to this. So Nulara is like, you're already tired from all this this first attempt, so you dig up all your strength, climb back up, dig your back against the wall, start pushing it, and you start like trying to like move it little by little and get it rocking back and forth. Give us that athletics check. The DC that actually topple this is going to be a DC 25. So it's not impossible, but it's not... Like, this is a 15-foot-tall statue with a huge, solid base. Okay, so I have guidance and a plus 11, so I just need a 13. That's you also have the minus one from Clovis helping. You can do it! <laughs> it was oh, a 13. No. So you actually get it rocking back and forth, like, and, and it gets a few more inches off, and it's almost to the point where it's going to tip over. And then I think one solid kick, rips some of the stitching of the flesh and your foot slips and you tumble to the ground and the whole statue sort of like like regains this thing and now you're like really getting tired um and okay. another like 15 minutes like this time bitch okay yeah mukta can you i will boost you up can you just light it up from the top of its head please uh i mean up 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 it's a move shift if you want the light it? Can Mushi even light? Yeah, he'll probably catch himself. Who are you healing, Hal? Ah. Thank you, Hal. The dancing lights did the healing. That's pretty good. So, um, yeah, so so now the plan is to... Are we doing the, the, Muk- the Mushi plan, or are we doing the uh, Mukta plan? If Mushi can light it, if Mushi can light it, I would have Mushi light it. I mean, Mushi can, but the problem is you're handing a flammable... Uh, like torch or something to a creature that is entirely made out of like branches <laughs> and leaves, but he's you know most likely he's not gonna like mess it up and I have I have light on fire right. I have an idea. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Actually, yeah. Mushi does not have the does not have the manipulate trait right. No. So he does not have the fine motor dexterity skill to even do this. So he cannot. Yeah. I'm going to pull out the dagger and say, Nulara, give me a boost, please. Yes. Here. Ugh. I'm going to try to climb onto the statue and just start cutting off pieces of flesh. Sure. Give me that athletics check. 
with the help from Nulara boosting. Nulara, give me also an athletics check. How are we losing against the statue after defeating a wispy-haired lady? You can do it! We're tired. You guys are really... No! Okay. That's a good roll. That would have been enough to tip the statue, but you give Boosie the boost he needs to get up, so that's a plus two to your uh, climbing roll, Mukta. All right. Plus. Get your Mukta fails ready in chat. No, Nulara crits. You got this. Uh, oh that's already with the plus two i was gonna say with the plus two that's enough so like you start climbing up you get about halfway and then like your your like claws are gripping into the thing like like peeling back like wallpaper coming down a wall like rip you start like tumbling and then like the flesh gives but you've what you've managed to do at least is grab a more dry part that like tears down and folds outwards and is like hanging at arm's reach that you could probably at least light it you know what i mean like you got about halfway up and pulled it down I mean, my goal actually was to just start cutting off pieces of flesh anyway, so. Yeah. It'd be <laughs> really to... easy to tear the flesh off this thing. It would just take time, right? You gotta, yeah. you gotta uh, rip I, I, all I'm now, trying so to pretty much cut it. all the flesh off so we could just pile it up and burn it. Yeah. So, nemesis of TTRBG parties, doors and statues. Yeah. <laughs> but you got the, you got the wick started, so that's a good Do we have any, yeah, does any of us have any oil or anything? I have some in my hair. <laughs> uh, negative. I don't have any. I think, uh, not not to help the exact opposite, but I think that Clovis has a uh, wand that puts out fires. Mm. Right? Somebody had the wand to quench from the firefighting cabinet. I don't know how much longer we can spend trying to destroy this. I think we just mess it up as much as we can. Maybe... Hopefully there's no more of these creepy undead cultists who want to restore it, and uh, we can always try to come back. Yeah, um, that's what I'm thinking as well. We have to come back anyway? I'll start hacking at it. Yeah, that's easy enough, right? You're hacking at it. You're Every time you're like, your trident like kind of hits part of the flesh, it cuts really easily, and you like pull at the stitches. The whole thing starts like, Falling off. It's like, you know, um, almost like peeling a banana. You start it and it kind of follows like one of the seams and peels away. It's pretty easy to strip this thing clean. It's big enough that I think if you're trying to be like really thorough about it, you're going to probably spend the better part of an hour in here like doing this. Oh no, not an entire hour. Just like just hacking at it out of frustration. And then okay. when everyone's ready to leave, that's when I'll leave. Uh, sure. Nulara, why don't you put the, uh, our wispy, uh, our wispy-haired friend at the uh, base as well? So we light her on fire, and then hopefully she catches the rest. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm just hacking until you guys. Tell you to stop. <laughs> and so, yeah, did you guys ever come up with a way to start the fire, like oil, um, or just? I mean, we have. There are tons of books in the other rooms that would catch very easy. I'm just saying. Yeah. Plus, if that skin's dry, it's gonna. Yeah, Mukta will go get some of the books. Mukta will get that uh, "How to Raise Your uh, Baby Wool" <laughs> book. One book, just one book to start with. So yeah, you go ahead and come back and put the books at the base, which gives you a little bit of like kindling. Who's the one that lights the match or lights the fire? Uh, I'm just hacking at it still. <laughs> Nulara, Nulara. Uh, I put the hand. I put my hand what? on. Uh, what? What? It, 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 it's time. We 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 better go. Okay, okay. Here, and then I have the flint and steel. Okay. We should be ready to go pretty quickly once this thing catches, though. So, yep. So, 
catch the fire, the spark goes, the flame starts at the base of the canker, uh, Nakazarin's corpse is there, the flesh is torn, exposing the stone and bone beneath, and like Nulara, I think you're probably one of the last ones, everyone's like quickly ready to get out of here before the smoke starts filling this kind of, it's a, it's just a bigger room, but at the same time, there's no ventilation down here, right? So it's, it's, you can feel the smoke start rising, you're the last one, you're looking back at this thing, like what do you say or do? Oh, before the fire completely engulfs Nas, Nas Kazarin. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, I would like say to her dead body, tell Farazma I said hi, and that I sent you when you see her, and then watch a little bit as the fire engulfs her, and then walk out. Yeah, it's like burning the clothes first, right? And then, like, the flames are kind of, like, charring the bits of skin. And it's already pretty dried out because it's, like, undead anyways. And so, like, her face, like, kind of, like, starts going up and charring up, like, burn marks at the side. And, uh, yeah, you leave before smoke inhalation takes over. So <laughs> we close the door behind us. Yep, and close the door behind you. So hopefully there's nothing important you got to come back for because this room will be covered in smoke. Okay. So, yeah, you guys leave the room, and, like, no large last one out. You guys close the door behind you, breathing, like, a sort of a sigh of relief as you kind of look at each other. And, uh, yeah, there's still, you know, the exit. You know the exit to go back to the surface. Out of the restriction section is to the west, to the east, uh, the door that you haven't checked yet. And then there's the two doors to the south. The one that you've been in and the other one where presumably the book lady resides. Around what time would it be? Um, it's hard, like you guys don't have a good sense necessarily of time. Like you don't have like a watch or anything, but it still feels pretty early. Like between everything you guys have done, probably you've been down here for no more, just a, about an hour, maybe a little more than an hour. You would guess it's still early morning. At least we've been we've been here for at least twenty five experience. <laughs> <laughs> what an abstract way to measure time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. I mean, we still have a few more weeks till till it should recharge. I think, I think that was a bit more of a fight than we were expecting. Maybe we recharge and explore more. At least we know this canker cult has been taken care of. Do you want to check some of these doors, or do you want to just go back and? Are you asking me, Hal? I mean, if you want to check <laughs> them, then let's go. Let's camp here for the night. <laughs> oh no! I said we should check them. I can open them and then run away. Um, but still, it's still early. It's early in the day. Check them before we head up. Sure, I can give them a check. How many of these doors have we not gone in? To the southwest and then the east, southeast and the east. Sorry. I'm. Go- I say we check the south first. The book lady room. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm going to check for traps. Yep. Just in the just to expedite this, there's no traps on this door, and it does not look locked. All right. The name on the outside, written under common, says Scriptorium. Uh, this, this, uh, Nubara, if you would be so kind. Oh, yeah, I can't yeah, really yeah. see unless you go in there. <laughs> yeah. So you look in, right, and you step into the room, and it says, this room is lined, right, with tables divided up into several narrow corrals with old wooden chairs pushed in against them. All right, stop right there for a second. <laughs> Upon them, old stacks of paper and tattered books sit amid dry inkwells and brittle writing quills. To the south, a skeleton dressed in shiny-looking chainmail lies slumped on the floor, clutching something in its bony hands. 
So you're in this room. You're like stepping in. You're lighting it up. You're about half across like the halfway point of the room. Down the south here, there is a dead skeleton, chainmail over it, clutching something in its hands. And I think um, Al, as you put out your detect magic like you normally do, uh, you get a ping of something magic in this room. Mm, is there something magic in there? Yeah, there's this. I think. Do you want to take a look, Hal? I think either you or Clovis can figure out what's going on. Sure. What is it? Uh, here. And then I point out the skeleton and nope. the chain link. No. Nope. <laughs> Clovis, and she's the... calling. Nulara is calling for you. Clovis? <laughs> like oh, Clovis pokes his head into the room, right? Uh, there's a book here and a chain link. Like, there's desks, and the decks are covered in books and old writing material. This room looks, like, abandoned. Like, definitely doesn't look like... There's, like, a layer of dust here that lets you know this is not an inhabited, inhabited room. Like, the other rooms are kept fairly clean. This one, like, a layer of grime and dust and, like, cobwebs just cover this whole place. The old books stacked on the thing. The skeletal corpse clutching something not visible in its hands, like, close to its body. And nice, very nice suit of chainmail adorning its corpse close as you kind of step into the room. Chain mail. Sorry, I kept saying chain link. Oh, yeah. Chain mail. Chain link. So, yeah, so Clovis, you, you do step into the room and go check it out because Hal's getting a ping of magic, right? And it seems to be emanating from this corpse. So I think what happens is Clovis kind of moves down uh, and Nulara's like on lookout and Mookt is like hiding and Hal's like peeking around the corner. And um, as you get to that bookshelf, right, um, oh, not the bookshelf, sorry, the, the corpse, and you start looking, crashing down to look at it. Um, from the east wall, right between Mukta and Nulara, a ghostly figure just floats through the wall right behind you. <laughs> Ara, punch it, punch it! <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and it floats into the room. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was pretty ghost. So as it floats into the room, um, it stops, and it looks at you, Nulara, and Mukta, and Clovis, and, like, it doesn't see the house of the room. It's just confused and looks between all of you, and then it's like, yeah. She looks at you, like, very, like, seriously, furrows her brow, and she's like, she looks like she's holding something. She's got, like, her hands, like, clutched against her, but, like, nothing's there. And she just says, like, party on your first day. That one would do. Come on, chop, chop, sit down, get to work. And she starts pointing to you guys to look, to like basically take a seat and start scribing. Um, remembering how I did it with the other trap ghost, can I? Uh Oh, should I just grab this book away from this skeleton and throw it outside the room? Well, you haven't, you're not entirely sure what the skeleton is uh, clutching. It could be a book. Oh, okay. Can I take a look at the book? At this thing that she's clutching. If you like, Clovis uh, is right clutching. now. Clovis is right now. Look like crouched oh, down over right, and you're kind of standing watch over Clovis while this ghost floated right behind you. So the only person really probably close enough to get a good look at what she's clutching is Clovis. So Clovis, can you give me a perception check? But like, she's like very like impatiently like tapping her foot. Ooh, 26. Nice. Uh, you. It, it does not look like a book, Clovis. Looking at the thing, you can see. The little part that's exposed looks to be a portrait, and you can see a little, like, 
like an elven purple ear with like long white hair in the corner of the frame. She's clutching some picture of someone. And then you're looking at that, and Nulara's like looking. I tell that kid and Nulara. Yep, right. so I let her know. And then she says, one last time, she says, I will not say it a second time. Get to work. 